Welcome to the sermon podcast of Damascus Road Church. For more information about Damascus Road Church, go to damascusroadonline.com. Well, good morning. I am uh, excited to be able to share this morning and continue in this series on Colossians. So, a um, few things. I want to pray for, before I really get started, I'm Last week when I was starting, or when I came up here, I was praying with Shannon. We were praying for Michael and Julie, and Shannon's dad happened to be here, and they're in Africa right now. I believe Shannon is preaching this morning, or maybe has already, or will. I'm not sure how the timeline exactly works. Um, But that's exciting, right, to be able to think about them being overseas, and we're here, and they're sent. And so I just want to pray for them. And, uh, and then we're going to dive in. So we'll pray a couple times. But uh, So body, just pray with me as we lift them up. Father, thank you for uh, Shannon and Michael and Julie and Dave and the rest of the team from Fond du Lac uh, that is in uh, Senegal, Dakar, or Dakar, Senegal right now. And um, Lord, I pray that you would speak through Shannon as he brings your word. I pray that that village, that body would be built up. Lord, I pray that you would continue to speak to the team. Um, I pray that you would give them uh, courage. I pray that you would humble them as they see uh, your work taking place in other places, other nations, or you know, far from us, Lord, but we are near them in spirit. And so we lift them up. Lord, and I pray that for us as a church, you would give us wisdom in partnering and uh, how we can do that well and how we can continue to serve there. So I pray your, I pray your blessing on that team in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so uh, going to continue diving into Colossians today. Last week, um, let me just kind of check in. Uh, Shannon kind of encouraged and challenged us to, um, just like how Paul was talking about thank, being thankful for Epaphras, right? And, the, and he was grateful for the people who had spoken to his life. How many of you, he was, Shannon was challenging you to go back to the people that have spoken to your life and have challenged you and mentored you and really discipled you? Were you guys able to do that throughout the week? To go, did anyone go back and be like, hey, man, you really spoke to me. You really challenged me. Anyone do that? Not yet? Yet to do it? Do you understand what he's saying? I think that's a really good thing to be able to say, hey, listen, who have been the fathers and the mothers in your faith who have brought you along and introduced you to Jesus and really shaped you? There's a great power, I think, in being grateful for the people that God's put in your life to share the gospel to you. And because of their being faithful to God, your life has been changed. So I think that was a good challenge, honestly, to go back and to thank the people that have been instrumental in your faith. It encourages the person that you're speaking to, and it also reminds you humbly of where you've come from. All right? So um, in just kind of the trajectory of where we've been, we're coming out of the series on the Holy Spirit. Right, and we're heading into Colossians. And so, when we go through the, when we went through the, the, the series and the teaching on the Holy Spirit, we're talking about the supernatural. We're talking about a God who's alive, and by His Spirit, He illuminates to us, He empowers us, He, he convicts us, and gives us power by His Spirit to do things that otherwise we wouldn't have any business doing. Right, and so what we're focusing on now with Colossians is a pretty practical. It's a practical teaching, and I think we run the risk of going from teaching on the Holy Spirit, which is supernatural, right? And it's vast. And and we can just barely scratch the surface on that. And I want to say, too, from here, we want to grow in that and continue to grow 
in the work of the Holy Spirit, we're always going to be growing because we'll never be able to get all of the power of the Holy Spirit, right, all at once, right? So we want to continue to grow in that, and that's a mindset that we have. That's a heart posture that we have continually to be asking for more of the Spirit and to grow in that. And so it's with that that we're going into Colossians, and we get this book where Paul is writing a letter to the church in Colossae, and the, and the, and the, and the, um, the letter is one of, I think, remember this. This encouraged me in my studying as we've been studying this. The message is one of warning and encouragement. Okay? Warning and encouragement. So if you, try to, if, you, if you were to sum up what Colossians is, it's a message of warning and it's of encouragement. If it was just one of them, it might be tough. If it was just, just hey, warning. So there's a lot of verse, There's a lot of books in Scripture about warning. If you look in the Old Testament, the, the, the messages of the prophets, like, if you don't course correct, this will happen, right? And so this is a little bit what's going on in Colossae. This church that had started was being subject to some influences from outside the church, and the people in the church were kind of adopting them as gospel. So as we move into the rest of the book, you're going to start to see over and over where Paul starts to speak at some things. He's like, don't give in to this. Even if these things seem plausible, even if they seem right, don't do it. And so he continually is pointing the church back to who they are in Jesus and the gospel that they had received so that as you know who you are, you can withstand what's coming at you, right? So if you don't know who you are in Christ, you won't know when to move forward boldly and you won't know when to be like, that's not good. That's not truth. That, I need to resist that. So there's teachings all around us today in our, in our lives here in 2017, right? The culture that we live in will speak one thing to us and say, this is how you need to adopt your life. And guess what? Shockingly, it's not always or rarely it's going to be in communion with what Scripture says is the way that we as his church need to live. Tracking with me? So as we move forward in this, my hope and our prayer is that we would grow in maturity, understanding who we are in Christ, but also being aware that there are some toxic teachings that will fight against the church. Right? So there was toxic teachings then that Paul needed to correct on and be like, that's why when he starts, he's like, I'm really grateful, I'm thankful for what's going on. I'm going to head into time here. I'm going to we got to talk about some stuff, right? So as we're going through this, look for the warning and look for the encouragement. And my hope is that we as a body can get rooted in Scripture, empowered by the Spirit to mature, to be who Madison needs us to be so that we can have the church on display, God's glory on display. Amen? All right. So that's a tall order. So we should get to work. <clears throat> So, if you have your Bibles, we're going to read through Colossians 1, 1 through 14. And I'm going to focus on verses 9 through 14. So let me just read this out loud. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and Timothy our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, 
which has come to you, as indeed the whole world is, the, the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. So here's where, so that's where we went up to, and this is where we're going to focus on today. And so, from that day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. These 14 verses that we read this morning are so rich. And I ask that by your spirit, the words would penetrate all of us. It would penetrate our hearts. It would penetrate our minds. And that by your spirit, you would speak to us. There's so much richness here. And there's so much we need to hear from you as we live much like the Colossians did in a time where there's a lot of opposition to you and opposition to the gospel. So I ask, Lord, that with this word today, that you would equip us for works of service, that you would strengthen us by your power so that we could walk in a manner worthy of you, Lord. Lord, that we would bear fruit that we would bear fruit as your body. We would bear fruit and that the world would see that you're disciples as evidenced by the fruit that is lived in our lives. So I ask that you would speak this morning as I humbly submit to you. I don't want anything I say to be remembered, but I want whatever you speak to be remembered. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me get some water. Okay. So this morning, this, there's so much in these verses, 9 through 14. We're just going to go through them together, okay? Was that funny how I drank that water? Yeah, I know. I was like, I got to like, yeah, whatever. I was like, well, you're welcome. So um, I thought it was funny too. <laughs> okay, so as we go through these few verses here, when we, were, when we were going through this as a teaching team, I always like to share the process with you, Okay. When we're going through this as a teaching team, we we're thinking, man, how long is Colossians going to be? Is this going to be like a four-week, a five-week thing? You know, it's not that long of a chapter. In fact, if you listen to this on audio, I don't know if anyone listens to Scripture on audio, it only takes 12 minutes to read or to listen to the whole book of Colossians, right? So, but there is so much in here. We felt like we would be not being faithful to the text to just kind of blaze through it. So we're probably at like 12 to 15 weeks that we're going to be in Colossians. So I encourage you... As you are throughout the week, um, I say this all the time, 
Uh, read through Colossians. Read through it several times. Highlight the words that stand out to you and ask the Spirit to speak to you through his word. It's, this is alive, right? So like, as we read this, it's only, I think, what, four chapters? It's not that long, so read through it. Many of us, if we confess and are honest, struggle with knowing what to read when we say we want to have some time with the Lord. Or we open up, we just don't know where to start, right? Here you have it. Just read Colossians for the next 12 weeks, right? I guarantee you the Spirit will speak to you if you're submitted to him and asking him to speak to you. And he'll speak. It's so wonderful. He may speak something different to you than he'll speak to your brother or your sister. Okay? So we're going to be in this for a little bit. So we want to marinate in this word. So I'm going to go through it verse by verse. So in verse 9, Paul says he prays for the church. He says, we pray. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. Man, I want to share with you. As the elders and the leaders here at DR, we pray for you. We pray for you. Oftentimes, when I wake up in the morning, if there's something that's going on, I'm thinking, man, would you have your favor here? Because it's all a big joke and a sham if we're, not, if we're not seeking the Lord, right? So we pray for you. And when someone is praying for me, when someone says, man, I've been praying for you, you know how I feel? I get humbled by that. Because I'm like... Why were they praying for me? <laughs> what, are they, what am I doing, right? So like, so Joe Copeland's dad, Randy, for example, anytime I'm around him, he'll speak to me and he'll ask me what God's teaching me and he'll say, we've been praying for you. And I feel humbled by that. I'm like, man, thank you for you taking your time and going to the Father to pray for me. And, and, and Randy and Mo, if you, I don't know if you know them, they're very encouraging, and they're passionate lovers of Jesus. Their whole mission is to see unreached people groups come to know Jesus. So when I have, I feel humbled by that. When I have a guy like Randy being like, I've been praying for you. Right? So how often are we praying for each other? Right? How often do we, like, as we're thinking about people throughout the week, do we stop and we pray to the Father and say, man, I'm, I'm praying for Sally. I'm praying for Crystal. Man, I confess not often enough. But this is something we want to grow in. Amen? So I just want to be real, okay? So when you think about when you're praying for someone else, you're asking that God would bless them. So Paul is like, man, we've been praying for you guys because we know you guys have been under attack. We know that you guys have been had some opposition. We've been praying for you. Let's not just, okay, yeah, we know, Paul. This is how they are, all the epistles. You say, you know, you start out the same way. And then you say, we're praying for you. Let's slow it down. And we want to grow in that. We want to grow in prayer. And as we reach out to the Father, we're praying that God would bless you, that God would bless this church, that he would bless the work that we're attempting to do by his spirit, right? So let's not just go through that quickly. Verse 10 talks about bearing fruit. I'm going to spend a lot of time here. When I was studying, I was praying this this week. This is the part that just kept coming up to me. So... Let me back up. So when he's talking about praying, he's not just praying for blessing, right? He's praying that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So if you ever struggle with, know, with knowing how to pray for people, just pray scripture over people. I pray that over my kids, right? And so like this is a blessing to be able to say, man, Joe, I have been praying that the Father would fill you with all knowledge, with all knowledge of his will and spiritual wisdom and understanding. 
So that's a blessing for Paul to be reading that or to be praying that over the church. And so then the next thing is, so as to walk, verse 10, so as to walk in the manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Walk in the manner worthy of the Lord. This is a word, if you hear that, again, the challenge is like, we joke about this. Sometimes in Christian culture, maybe you guys didn't grow up with this, like people will say, how's your walk, man? How's your walk? And we kind of poke fun at that because we've been heard it a lot of times. Like I grew up in the church, so I hear it all the time. Like, how's your walk? But re- legitimately and real, like, are you wa- what if, if people were to do an audit of your life or my life, are you walking in a manner that's worthy of the Lord? And what fruit is your life bearing? If people look at your life and they say, man, the, this, guy's bear, this guy's got some fruit of dissension. When this person lives and when they speak, when I speak, I don't walk away built up. I feel like crushed, right? Like what fruit are we bearing? Or alternatively, like what fruit do we have in us as the Spirit is speaking to us and challenging us? Are we walking in the manner worthy of the Lord? And when people see our lives, the outcome of our lives, it's littered with fruit, right? So the fruit of the Spirit, if we talk about that, we just went through the Holy Spirit. If we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, what, what are, t- tell me what are the fruits of the Spirit? Name them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. That's one we forget about often. That one's on the list, right? Self-control, gentleness. Is, the, is our life marked by all of these things? When we, when we run into conflict, do we handle that in a way that exhibits all of this fruit? Right? Like think something doesn't go our way or we're not getting our way, right? Do we exhibit self-control? Do we have... Love, do we have kindness and gentleness? Or how about this one, which is another one that can just kind of get slipped in, faithfulness. Faithfulness. There's a call, I think oftentimes I'm like, I just want to live in excellence. I want to walk in excellence. I want to have integrity. And then we set ourselves up to live in such a way that we won't be able to do on our own. Not to mention, like, perfection is a tough pursuit. How about having your, your intentions be towards being faithful? Just be faithful. And what has God called you to do? Well, I have this plan and it's not going well. Just be faithful. Just walk in faithfulness. And be patient for the Lord to do what he said he would do. I think faithfulness and self-control are fruits of the Spirit that we often minimize as maybe minor fruits. But there's so much richness in there. Right? To walk in faithfulness to what God has called us to is powerful. But you know why we sometimes don't want to do it? Because it, after, after emotion is gone for something that God's called us to do, we have to keep doing it. Right? We have to keep walking it out. Long after emotion has left the room, we're called to be faithful to what God has called us to. Right? And so, are we exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit? Look at your life. And ask yourself, is that what people are seeing in me? Are people seeing God's fruit in my life? And not just fruit of the Spirit, and not just like, so it's nebulous. The fruit is for a purpose, right? 
walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. So we are to work, we are to serve, we're supposed to partner. He, God's changed us by the gospel, right? We've been redeemed, we've been saved, we've been set free from the dominion of darkness. He talks about that later on in the, in the chapter. We've been set free for a purpose. We've been created for works, to do what God has called us to do. When you look at the kingdom and you hear what the church's role is, there's no plan B in God's mind for the kingdom to come into earth. It's through the church, and the church is made up of people who hopefully, knowing who they are in Christ, will walk out the work that God's called them to do. In whatever area of influence that you have, to be faithful, to, to go do those good works, and increasing in the knowledge of Christ. So as we're doing we're asking for God to increase his spirit in us, to increase our knowledge of him. Because we won't get it all right away, and we're not going to do it well, right? And sometimes, like Beth was saying, I was encouraged by that. So Elijah goes, and there wasn't provision, and then when he got there, it was there, and then he walked it out faithfully. So we need to have faith to do what God's called us to do, long after the emotion's gone. And here's the thing. There's a lot in Scripture about bearing fruit. Here's the warning part. Okay, this won't give you the warm and fuzzies where I'm headed. So Jesus talks about fruit in John 15. I'm going to read a bunch of verses here. Verse 5, 15, 5. Track with me for a minute. I, this is Jesus speaking. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Man, as, as like go-getter Americans, we don't like that. Right? Because we, 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 we think we can do some stuff. We think we can, get, we can get some stuff done. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. This is the warning. That's a heavy word, right? Bear fruit. Abide in me, or watch out. Now, the theological implications of that, I wouldn't even begin to understand to like come close to explaining what that means, right? Because we're sealed in Christ, right? I don't understand all the nuances there, but I know, you know what I don't want? I don't want to get thrown and burned, right? I just know that. I know that. Let's see. I want to keep that simple, right? If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Talk about a contrast. Burned or ask whatever you want and it will be done. Man, we can't even come close to understanding what that means. But let's get at it, right? Let's try. Let's say, man, I don't know what that looks like, but I want more of that. I need to abide in you. So the warning is, man, if you're not bearing fruit, what's going to happen? You're, we get surprised sometimes when our lives are filled with toxicity. That's a word. Of toxic, like continual, like, man, are we abiding within him? Are we abiding in him? Okay, I'm going to keep going. If you abide in me and my words abide in you... Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, 
And so prove to be my disciples. And so prove to be my disciples. We will prove to the watching world who Jesus is by the way we live. They'll look at us and say, I don't believe in your Jesus. Your fruit, it doesn't exhibit any of that. You're a disaster. Right? Verse 9 is an encouraging one. It's so good. The word is so good. Verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Abide in my love. Abide in my love. Just repeat that. Abide in my love. So the challenge is a great one, right? Paul says, walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, bearing much fruit. Jesus says, abide in me, and people will know that you're my disciples by your fruit. What are the outcomes of your rhythms of life, and what kind of fruit are you bearing? If people look at not just the way you live, but the results of your life, what are they seeing, right? So there's intentions, and then there's reality. Like, how are we living, and what fruit are we bearing? That's the warning. It's so simple. Just abide in his love. He loves you. Man, if verse 9 wasn't here, I'd cry, probably. You know? (laughs) I want to prove that I'm your disciple. Oh, you love me. Oh, good. Oh, I'm your daughter. I'm your son. Abide in my love. Abide in my love. Amen? Amen? So many verses. Matthew 7 talks about it also. You will know them by their fruit. They'll know them by their fruit. It says that. So, you'll know what kind of fruit you're bearing if you answer the questions, what gets you excited? What makes you anxious? What makes you angry? What are the things that you get passionate about? If the things, If you ask those questions and the answers are all about you, you're not likely abiding in him. But if the answers are about, like, I just want to see your kingdom advanced. I want to walk with you because I, I've, I'll mess. Not only will I mess this up, it's a lonely place to be apart when you're not abiding, right? It's a lonely, scary place. It's an anxious place, right? But if you, we are asking these questions, God, what have you called me to do? You've already rescued me from the dominion of darkness. I'm getting ahead of myself. Right? But what have you asked me to do? Like what, so I would challenge you, ask these questions. What are the things that I mostly get excited about? What are the things that I mostly get angry about? What are the things that get me going that I'm like, yes, I need to fight for that? Is it holy? Is it something that God cares about? Is it something that God has allotted energy and has spoken towards? Right? Sometimes there's nuances in that. That's why we need each other to be able to speak to each other. Right? And sometimes we need to be able to give permission, like, hey, man, like, man, you're getting pretty worked up about stuff that doesn't really have any kingdom or eternal implications. You know what I mean? So what fruit are we bearing, and are we abiding in him? And are we walking worthy in the manner of the Lord? Are we walking worthy? Let's keep moving forward. Verse 11 so great. So after he says you need to bear fruit, he says this. You need to bear fruit in every good work, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. So when we hear this, this just could be a humanist, like heavy handed thing. You need to bear fruit. Man, how am I going to do that? By the power of the spirit. 
Amen? By the power of the Spirit. So he says, be strengthened with all power according to whose glorious might? According to his glorious might, not our own because we're feeble and we are short-sighted. We lack patience, right? In our own flesh, what can we accomplish? What does it say? John 6, 63, this is a verse I've been studying and meditating on for the past three weeks as I've been trying to grow in discipline. The spirit gives life and the flesh counts for nothing at all. It's of no good. The flesh counts for nothing, but the spirit gives life. The spirit gives life. We, what we can do is nothing. Let me read that verse because I may, John 6, 63, I can't get enough of this. Again, man, I've been trying to like pray and fast and discipline my life. And, and I'll just share this, like the whole week I'm trying to pray and fast. And guess what, and guess what I focused on? Two verses. God gave me two verses to focus on. This is one of them. I don't know if you're just supposed to talk about fasting or not like that, but whatever. Um, it is the, this is John 6, 63. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is of no help at all. No help at all. The spirit gives life. So if I'm asking you and I'm challenging you and I'm saying, like Paul was challenging the Colossians to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord and you're supposed to bear fruit, you will fail at that if you try to do it on your own. Guaranteed. You will fail. You will fail. But good Lord, thank you, Jesus, for the power that you give. Your glorious might, according to your glorious strength, by the power of your spirit, we have access to the spirit. But what we do is like, ah, I think I can do some stuff on my own. I think I'm pretty great. Watch me. He's like, I'll watch you. <laughs> Maybe he's not. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know if he's, I don't know if he's sarcastic. Maybe. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. According to his glorious might. For endurance, for all endurance and patience with joy. Let's also not just set that one aside. For all endurance with patience. Endurance and patience with joy. If Paul is speaking to the church and saying you need to get endure and you're going to need to be patient, it's not because things are going to be like roses and lollipops and unicorns, right? It's because there's opposition against the church. There's opposition against Jesus. There's opposition against the gospel. And the enemy would love to seek, he wants to come steal, kill, and destroy. He can't touch the father, so he comes at his kids every time. I say that every time. Okay? So if we step out into what God's called us to, be prepared for the enemy to be like, who do you think you are? Right? So we need to be equipped with the power and we need to endure. This, again, endurance and faithfulness and gentleness are not things that we're like, my goals for 2017 are to endure and to be faithful and to have patience. It doesn't move us, right? But looking at the trajectory of who, God, excuse me, of who God's called us to be, we need to endure because if you're walking out your life and you have Christ on display, you will not get liked by, your cult, by the culture. It's, it's antithetical to what's going on here, right? And right now, more than ever, with people freaking out about what's going on around us, the church needs to be equipped with power. And we need to know who we are in Christ because the world will watch how we live. They will watch 
how, what we say. And even if they don't like what, we, what, they, what they see or what we say, it's not about us. It's about his glory. So we need, as the church, to live distinctly, exclusively to Jesus Christ as the church. And it's not likely to be cool. It's not likely to match up with what the culture is saying we need to do. Right? So that's why you need to endure with patience and joy. So if you're misunderstood, welcome to the club. Lots of people have been misunderstood. Right? So you may be misunderstood. Because the message of Jesus is offensive to the world. It's offensive. But hopefully, as we are filled with his spirit, and we have the fruit of the spirit in us, and we're living, and we're exhibiting love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. If we're living these things, right, people will be like, man, what? Because long after all, like, ah. Ah, um, so, here, so there's all this turmoil. There's all this turmoil going on around us, right? And some of it's real, and some of it's maybe not. But a lot of it is real, and there's a lot of people, my family, my peers around us, lots of turmoil in our culture right now. The tough part is, is that like long, I'm going to say it, long after the march is over, right? Like, and, we, and there's a fair amount of stuff that's just like, man, we got to do this, right? But like, it's going to not satisfy it's not going to save. It's not going to fix it, right? Only Jesus Christ, by the power of the Spirit, can redeem people, can change lives. So, yes, like, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with it, right? But here's the thing, like, the anxiety and the fear that we experience by trying to get things done in the flesh, and so many of my friends and so many of my family, honestly, that's what they want. They just want to see change. But it's not going to come if we're pursuing it in the flesh, Right? It's only going to come by being rooted in Christ, equipped by his power. The world needs us to show him off. Amen? Amen. Needs us to show him off. Man, and this is not a time for the church to cower. It's a time to stand firm. Churches are dying. They're dying. You look around at these beautiful cathedrals, these mainline denominations, right? who have honestly aligned more with culture sometimes. I'm not going to make a complete judgment Right? I gotta be careful with that. But like they've aligned themselves a little bit with like what the cult the pressures of the culture. And they're on life support. You know, I was just talking with a pastor this week, and you know what churches are growing? The ones that are like, we're in this, and we are gonna be surrounded with each other, empowered by the spirit to proclaim the gospel without fear. That's where the growth is happening. We want that, amen. We want that. We need that. Otherwise, it's a joke, it's a waste of time. Sleep in on Sunday. Man, you know what I mean? I know, take a drink. Okay, so, all right, you guys ready for some good news? All right, here's the good news. Here's the good news. Verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints. Anytime I see the word inheritance, I'm like, tell me more about that. Not because I'm money hungry, but I want you. There's so many things in here that he talks about how you're an heir of the kingdom and you are called into by by being saved, by being identified with Christ. You're an heir in his kingdom, which is far more glorious and rich than any kingdom on earth could ever come to. The next thing we're going to get into is talking about how, like, Christ is over all of creation, over all the rulers and all the establishments. Christ is over it all. 
He's over it all. And if you believe in him and you've aligned yourself with him and you've submitted yourself to him, guess what? You're part of the kingdom and you qualify to be part of his inheritance plan. You're on his will. You're in there. I don't know if anyone's ever had an inheritance. Has anyone ever gotten an inheritance? You don't have to share how much, but like, just raise your hand if you've ever gotten an inheritance. What does it do to you? What does it do to you? You didn't deserve that. There's nothing that you did that made you get that. It was because you were part of a family or part of a foundation or whatever that like you were now the recipient of somebody else's giving because of their death. Okay, so the only thing I ever experienced like this was when Kirsten and I were married, and I think Michael was a baby. I was going to school because we did everything backwards. Um, and uh, trying to figure out like how we're going to live, how we're going to pay our bills, how we're going to get after it. And like, you know, I had like this tuition bill for the University of Wisconsin, Washington County, wonderful establishment, affectionately known as Cow Pie. No joke, no joke. Um, so they, um, so tuition, I had this bill. We lived on like 10 or 12 grand a year at the time I was working, I was going to school. And I'm like feeling the weight of this tuition bill, which is 1,500 bucks. And I didn't want to take out a loan. I could have taken out a loan, but I was like really like debt averse, you know? Kirsten's grandma passes away. And there's probably like maybe 10, 15 grandkids. And so at Christmas, Kirsten's parents come and they give Kirsten this check for, Tony, for the Tucci family, for you know, Kirsten and Tony's family. And we open it up and there's a check on there, all of her inheritance. Right, that got split up amongst the uh, grandkids, and there was a, there was one for Kirsten and I, for fifteen hundred dollars. I started bawling because of someone's death. I had received an inheritance, and it covered the needs. Man, that's crazy. That's crazy, right? Now extrapolate that because of Jesus' death. Because of his defeat of Satan's sin and death and his resurrection, we are qualified to walk in his kingdom and we're heirs and we get his inheritance. That's mind-blowing. And the only reason we are, it's not because of what we do. Kirsten didn't get that because she was wonderful, because she was part of the family. I mean, she is wonderful, but it, it wasn't like, you know, it had nothing to do with her. It had everything to do with the, her, her grandma's passing. I'm going to leave this. So when you look at this and you hear the heavy call to contend for the gospel and to have your fruit and your life be on display and you make it understood, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the light, in the light. Man, we got to know who we are. We got to know who we are. We've, if, if we're saints, he refers, Paul refers to them as saints and we're, we're part of his family, and we have access to him and his kingdom, and we are, in, we are heirs in his kingdom. That should change the way you live, that should change the way you think, that should, if you follow that track back upwards, right? If you go, man, you were telling us to like walk in the manner, I don't know, walk in the manner worthy of the Lord, what does that look like, bear fruit? Did you know you have an inheritance? Did you know that you're part of the kingdom? Oh, you backtrack that you're like, now because of who I am in Christ, I can bear fruit. Not because of me, but because of him. By his glorious power and his strength, you can walk your role out as a son or a daughter of the king and have a place. And you got some work to do. And you got some work to do. It's for his glory and your good. 
So if you feel that you just have work to do, that might get heavy. If you feel like, hey, walk and have this fruit, oh, yeah. practice more hospitality, or have more patience, have more kindness, oh. it's by his power. It's because you are part of his kingdom. And, and more good news, verse 13, more good news. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That's the gospel right there, my friends. That is the gospel. We were once part of darkness. He transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the light. If you recognize and you are, you are a believer in Christ, and you say, yes, Lord, I want to be part of your family, you now have access to him, and you have an inheritance. You've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness, right? But we so quickly forget, and we so quickly go back to the darkness that we're familiar with, and we kind of just like, mm, inheritance? What? I got my own thing going. So much like how in the Old Testament, track with me on this, okay? God delivered the, the, he delivered the Israelites from the rule of Pharaoh, right? And he takes them out through miraculous signs, signs and wonders, right? I, have, I want a people. I will take you out of slavery and captivity. I'm taking you to the promised land. You're going to have to work. It's gonna, you're going to have to endure. You're going to have to go through the desert. You know what the Israelites say in Exodus 16? Oh, that we would have died back in Egypt where we had meat pots and bread. For you to bring us out here and starve, Moses, who do you think you are? That's what the Israelites say. They complain. Right? And we look at them and we're like, oh, they don't get it. Yeah, you know who else doesn't get it? Most of us. <laughs> so the promised land was given to the Israelites. And there was a lot of work to get there. And there was a lot of distraction. There was a lot of complaining. Right? And God had his way many times. And we also have been given the promise of the kingdom. Shannon talked about this last week. The already not yet, like we've already been saved into the kingdom, but the fullness of the kingdom hasn't fully been realized because Jesus hasn't returned yet. So we have this tension where we are. So we've been saved and we've been redeemed, but we're not fully sanctified and perfected yet, are we? No. So not until the Son returns, we will be. So we're in this in-between. That's why we need verses like, hey, endure. Have patience with joy. So we know where we're going, and we know where we've come from, and we know who's taking us there, and we know what lies ahead for us. It's going to be tough. Otherwise, you wouldn't have to endure. But endure with joy, knowing who you are. That's the message. Amen? That's the message. Who's with me? So how are we going to do this? We're going we're, we're gonna to try to get at it. And we're going to fail, and we're going to need more of God's grace, and we need more of his spirit. But we got to do this together. We have to do this together. If you're saved, if you are part of God's family, and you know that he's redeemed you, he has work for you to do. We may not know what that looks like. You may not know what that looks like. But we need you. The church needs you, right? This city needs your life on display, right? The watching world will say, man, after everything settles and they're like still empty, man, if we've been displaying the fruit of the, of, the, of the Spirit, maybe they might say, you know, maybe let me consider that. Let me consider what my crazy Christian buddy's been talking about. 
Heck, I'll try it. I've tried everything else and it's let me down. Right? So, Jesus is greater. He is greater than all other ideas, all other philosophies, and he wants us to know that so we can walk it out. Can we walk it out together? All right, so we're going to head into a time of worship. And as we go into worship, we're going to have a time of communion, right? And again, we want to be able to participate in the communion, the supper of the Lamb. And if you've been challenged or you're just like, oh, man, like, what is it like? Ask the Spirit to speak to you. Ask God to shape you. And know that like, it, you will have to endure, right? But he is so good. John 15, 9. Abide in my love. Abide in my love. If you deviate from his love, it's not going to go well for you. Because what's the flesh count for? Nothing. Nothing at all. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But with him, ask anything. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word. I pray that your word would shape us and speak to us and minister to us and clarify our position in you so that we can be your church in the city, so that we can live our lives on display with integrity, exhibiting the fruit of your spirit for your glory and for our good. And Lord, we want to see Madison know you. We want lives changed. You have the words of life. And you've given them to us. Embolden us with courage to speak your truth. And as your church, Damascus Road, we ask for your favor and your blessing here. We ask that you would equip all of us with more knowledge and more power. So that as we know who we are, we will walk in a manner that is worthy of you. Because your sacrifice was so much. Let our lives be lived. That you are worthy of your sacrifice. You were slain. Let our lives lived here show that it was worth it. That you are worthy to receive the reward of your suffering. I pray this in Jesus' name.